0: Welcome to the Common Humanity Podcast, where we are here to have real human conversations. Today, I am joined by Scott Lilliston, and um, we did a little bit of schooling together, and he has taught me uh, many things about my personal somatic relationship to, like, my brain and my body all together. And other than that, um, he's got a friend who's a bear, like a literal (laughs) bear. (laughs) what happens we live in you know the wild um which yeah anyway so other than that scott please tell me who are you
1: hi chandra i can't believe you actually remembered the bear story
0: (laughs) of course i remember the bear story
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was so great who i am well i will start um i guess personally personally i'm uh uh, I live in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I spend part of my time up in uh, uh, Park County, where I have a little place up there because I love wilderness so much, uh, which is where the bear lives. <laughs> um, I uh, um, I love tennis. Uh, I'm an avid tennis player, so when I'm down here in town, I'm uh, I'm doing that a lot. It's been a little bit different this last uh, summer. I had a which I don't think you know about uh, Chandra, but I had a significant injury in the spring. And so I was out of tennis for the season, so um, a little bit rough. But uh, other than that, uh, I live here in the mountains, but I love the ocean. I try to get to the ocean as much as I can. Uh, I used to live uh, close to the water, and I and I miss it a lot. I miss it a lot. I just got back from a trip to California, and it's nice to be close to Mother Ocean uh, some. Uh, Also, personally, um, I'm very committed and dedicated to uh, community and building community and uh, living a life uh, close to community. Um, So, and I'm also an introvert. So it's really, uh, it's really an interesting dynamic that I have. But uh, I have lots of little small groups that I love spending time with, peer groups and friends groups. And uh, so I I dedicate a lot of my time uh, to doing that. Professionally, uh, I am a, a psychotherapist and a coach. Um, you uh, alluded to it, uh, Chandra, but I'm a, a somatic therapist. Um, and so in simplest terms, what that means is that um, I don't exclude the, the body and the nervous system. Uh, I don't exclude that from, our, um, from, from counseling, right? So our brain is very much part of our nervous system. And our nervous system is very much a part of our brain so the body and mind connection i think are very important um i specialize in working with folks that are uh highly sensitive hsps is what it's referred to um i could talk more about that uh later or another time but that is my uh <laughs> that's my specialty uh also working with other uh neurodivergent folks yeah, and I my my body of work around the somatic therapy and coaching, uh, I think is really a a wonderful, beautiful fit uh, for the folks that I'm working with.
0: I know um, in the experience, like the the peer experience with you, and then also having worked with you outside of not just like as a coach as well, but um, I mean the you you work wonders. So. <laughs> That's just, that's just what I'll say. Um, Thank you. But so my first question is, can you, if you had to choose mountains or ocean?
1: Oh, that's such a, that's such a tough, such a tough call. I'm actually um, asking that question of myself these days. There's a possibility bouncing around in the back of my head of uh, making a geographic move. Um, I love the sail, so um, I'd love to be back on the on the ocean again um, to do that. But I love my community here. So that's, mm-hmm. and i'm fifty two, so it's like, wow, like like going and creating new community, I could do it, but it just feels a little bit overwhelming. So, um, I think it's kind of 50-50. I can't choose one over the other.
0: i actually I love that answer because anytime, pretty much anytime somebody, tells me like choose one my answer is both whether it's because like i don't have the mental capacity to like weigh the pros and cons in a short amount of time um i'm just like no like even if it's birthday cards right there's two funny birthday cards and i'm like which one would they like i buy (laughs) because we live (laughs) in a world where you don't have to choose. so very true you you can always see um instead of a snowbird be
1: a a sail bird (laughs) bird. well you know that it it actually is a um it's actually a about a 25 year vision that i've had of uh 25 years ago i was living uh on the ocean on a small island and i was like i want to have a life where um i get to have both i want to live in both and so as you know i have this, this uh cabin in the mountains now and uh so the next step is well where would i want to where would i want to be on the ocean and then split my time
2: yeah
0: see that yeah. and i that's one of the things that i um i've never understood people who are like i wish i had things like i have always been the person where i'm like this is what i want and then like as soon as i decide what i want i start figuring out how to get what i want and like it just doesn't happen instantaneously because life yeah. happens and exists. yeah Right. It's like it's never a question of if I'm going to get what I want, but when I'm going to get what I want. So I like that that idea that like this is this twenty five year Yeah. At some point you were like, I want the mountains and I want the ocean. And now you're starting to get to that point you're like, okay, like I'm almost to the point of like achieving yeah. that one thing. Like that makes me super happy for you. And then just humanity in general because that gives me hope for the rest of us
1: <laughs> well i mean yeah it's like shouldn't we all be living our most I mean, this is kind of the theme of, of my work these days in coaching but um shouldn't we all be living our most inspired life
0: yes <laughs> the, the easy answer yes. yes um yeah it's um i've had this conversation multiple times the, the, so the simple answer is yes then the part, the problem is that simple things are not the easiest things to accomplish, Mm -hmm. even though they're, they're simple. So then you have to go through all the complicated parts to achieve that one simple thing, which is, you know, we have a society that has expectations and those expectations kind of weigh down on us. And whether it's, you know, becoming entirely part of a counterculture or figuring out how to break yourself off of those, little expectations that were built into us societally um and have your own like like you mean i don't have to work 40 out or 80 hours a week for a, a low wage and do this that i can find another way to actually enjoy the life i'm living that's crazy why didn't they teach me that in school
1: <laughs> exactly right yeah 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 i i kind of take it another level um uh I, I feel like, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of my work has been in diversity and inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. And um, equity in the world and, you know, working with highly sensitive folks, they don't, they don't often, they get overlooked a lot in, in our culture because we're so type A, you know, um, all of that energy. Yeah. And so people get overlooked. Um, but I kind of feel like those, those of us, I mean, the privilege that we have, and, you know, there's different levels of privilege, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, those of us that are, have our privileged lives are almost responsible to, to live the best life we can. Like, right, we're, like, we're right. kind of responsible for that. And, and hopefully bringing other people along too, but.
0: Yeah, I like that you use the word responsible because, um, I don't know, I was talking about this in, in my fitness class this morning, that there are, you know, really rich people who keep all of their money to themselves and they stay really, really rich people. And then there's yeah. other really rich people who are slightly less rich people because they share their wealth and they build their community. And I always, I took Dolly Parton as an example because mm-hmm. it's always like she would be a, a multi-billionaire except she donates millions on a regular basis mm-hmm. for literacy mm-hmm. because it matters to her. Cause that's yep. like, and Um, so it is like whether your privilege is wealth or your privilege is knowledge or whatever skill you have that gives you a privilege over other people. It is, it is your responsibility to share that with the world to make the world a better place.
1: So I agree with you. I agree um, 100%. (laughs) There's
0: the, I'm going to try not to butcher this quote i can't i don't know who the quote is from at the moment um but it's the the meaning of life is to find your purpose and then so the meaning in life is maybe it's the the meaning in life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away yeah
1: so if anyone was wondering what
0: the meaning of life was Stuff. yeah um, for you. <laughs> well for a lot
1: for a lot, of, for a lot of us I mean I don't know about you but it took me um many years to kind of figure out exactly what it was I mean I had a sense in a trajectory
0: yeah
1: a long time ago but it's taken it's taken time to kind of figure that out um do you know Michael Mead
0: sounds familiar story
1: the storyteller he was back in the day, he was part of the the men's movement back in the Mm -hmm. 70s, 60s and 70s. And he's he's since uh, gone a different direction than that, but he's a wonderful storyteller and he's got this great story about uh, the soul. Have you ever heard this? The soul tree? tell me. Oh, I'll I'll probably butcher it, but um, it's it's something like this. Um, So the souls over on the other side, right? On the other Mm -hmm. side, the souls are, curious about being here in the, this human form, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but there's this tree, and I'm gonna butcher this, but there's this tree on the other side. And so the souls climb up into the top of the tree and they're looking out over on this side, like the human existence side, right? They're over here mm-hmm. looking, looking. And this one soul like sees something, it gets really excited and climbs, clambers back down the tree. Uh, and is ready he says i want to go i say i found my thing i found my thing mm-hmm. that's what i'm supposed to do and then the 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 rule is that um the law is that um you can't come here uh, as a soul you can't come here knowing what your thing is that's part of the journey is to figure out what your thing is
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever it is whatever it is right and so it's kind of like that's the journey it's like we show up in these human forms that in human forms and we get to figure out what our thing is, and then we get to, like you're saying. Offer it up. Yeah.
0: See, I I think that's beautiful. Um. And yes, I do. Now that you you tell me that story, I do remember you telling me that story.
2: <laughs> oh, did I tell um, you that one? Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> it's a good one.
0: But now, but now we've shared it with more people. So. <laughs> yeah. Michael um, Mead.
1: It's it's his story. I don't know where he came up with it, but.
0: I have a, I've had the conversation multiple times recently of, like, there is no unique information in the world. Like, everybody claims, like, this is a thing I thought of. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, that guy also said it. Like, those lyrics also have it. And then, like, it's in this, like, story from 400 years ago. and, And it's not... To me, it's not like a diss of like, oh, you're, you're not as creative as you think you are. No. It's like, it's this beauty of, we are all interconnected. And the things that we know, we know because somebody else once knew them, and put it back into this energy that we all kind of feed off of. <laughs> yeah. And
2: yeah,
0: it's, so I think it's this beautiful thing, like nothing is unique. Like we are all unique but also we are all so very similar and it's it's difficult to explain but it's just something that makes me very happy like
1: totally. 100%. we're 100% there
0: there's no one exactly like me but there's so many people who I can share so much so many experiences and so many thoughts and understand the world with and then there's people who think completely differently than me and I love having conversations with them because that it helps me see the world in a different way and it just it just makes me happy <laughs>
1: yeah 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 100 percent. I, I i think of that too and also there's another little nuance for me that um i know i'm for myself there's been times where oh i want my offering to be really unique mm-hmm. i want it to be a one-off i want it to be and who does that that's you know it's rare actually for somebody to find something that's that unique as you're saying. But the other thing to that, the more nuanced piece of it is that when it shows up, like if I have an idea that I think is unique and then it's showing up somewhere else in the world at roughly the same time, Mm -hmm. that means that it, to me, that means that that, that is, that needs to surface. It actually needs to surface, right? There's a, there's a reason for it. (laughs) Yeah. Why, why it shows up that way.
0: It reminds me of the various pyramids that are built around the world, and how mm-hmm. there's people who are like, somebody had to teach these people that a pyramid was what was needed. And so, obviously, there's someone who explored all these different places and taught them that. And I'm like, or multiple people who who don't even know that these other people exist all came to the same conclusion that if you put more stuff on the bottom and less stuff on the top, it's a Dirty thing.
1: (laughs) Right. And then and then align it with the stars. And then align it with the stars.
0: Every last one of them is aligned with the stars.
1: So (laughs) Right.
0: Um so until until
1: until until our modern day engineers showed up and Yes. Did whatever they did.
0: (laughs) They're still I mean, yeah. They still make monuments that, that look at the stars and are based off of the like the solstice and the equinox and things like that but and they're still cool but it's just not as cool when you're like okay so I'm just going to type this into a computer and the computer's going to calculate all of it for me and then I'm going to be able to place it exactly like to the millimeter of where it needs to be because all of the stuff was already computed it's way cooler to think they were like I follow this star for 15 years and this is exactly where it's going to be. And this is exactly where we're going to build it. And it's legit. And it's like, that's just way more impressive to me. I mean, technology is cool and all, but (laughs) being accurate with like, um, like a, like a plumb bob versus some sort of fancy level way way more impressive to me
1: (laughs) i never thought we would talk about this but what do you what are your thoughts about uh ai
0: oh okay so my first thought is going to be on all of the pictures that have been going around um because i have friends who are artists who are like don't pay a stupid app to do this because in order to get all of that information they had to steal artists like they steal different artist styles by looking at different artist styles and then they're able to just pop them out like that and there's some people who argue that like they're always going to be people who are going to pay artists for their art maybe <laughs> but then there's also the people who are like if you look at our society most people can't afford most people can't afford to pay artists what artists are worth right but they still want art so they're going to by the cheapest knockoff of it so that aspect i'm like i don't know but then there's the part where i'm like you know what would be really great is if humans got to figure out what their actual purpose was in life and instead of slaving away at jobs that we don't need um using this technology that we have to fill those positions and do the things that we don't need to be doing because we have a higher purpose than a nine to five, um, and yeah, I don't know because there's so much to it. Because AI can be yeah. used in so many different, so many yes. different aspects.
1: Yes, um, I totally agree. I totally agree. I've I've, I've done a little bit of a, a flip. I'm looking for a I'm looking for a book that I just bought. Um. Oh yeah, here it is. Um. I, 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 I've been a flip. I mean, as you know, it's like, even with social media, like I'm, I, I built my entire practice, um, without social media, um, mm-hmm. just kind of just before social media took off. Um, and so now I'm, now I'm in it, um, uh, working on building the coaching side of things, uh, of my work and it's all new to me. Right. But AI has really been distant for me. And I've, I've done a lot of research and learning more about it. And I'm right there with you. Like, if we use it well, it actually uh, it actually will give us more room to be creative human beings, right? If we can manage the data. And so anyway, this book um, that I got uh, Tiago Forte building a second Brain. And basically he's, he's like has a method to organize our digital lives mm-hmm. um, so that we're not expending so much time and energy and brain power on that but actually doing the work that we're supposed to be doing actually being creative beings. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think if we do it well, I think it's it's actually, I mean, we can kind of see it happening now through the pandemic, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, People leaving their jobs and careers and actually going and doing their own, their own thing. It's actually that part of it, it. Actually I think it's kind of already starting for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, that was one of the things about the pandemic that, like, one of the, the good consequences is a lot of people, I don't know, realized their mortality, and they were like, wait, I don't, maybe I don't have time to put this off until retirement, and maybe I should start now. Or they were forced into it because they were like, well, I was furloughed, or I can't go out, like, yeah. depending on where you are in the country. There are people still in lockdown, um, much longer than I ever was. because I'm in yeah. Wyoming and they were like, well, it's been four days. Guys, go back to your regular lives.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> so,
2: yeah.
0: so yeah. um, yeah, I think there's, it, it opened up this opportunity for people to wow. realize that their lives meant more than work. And whether it was forced in the sense of like they lost their job and they had to find another way because so many small businesses opened up during COVID because it was the only way people could work was to start their own business. It was the only way to make money because they had to do something. Yeah. Um, and then, then they didn't have to go back because they they were forced to they were forced to evolve into something else, right? Past where they were because that's that's
1: what life does forced forced to evolve i like that
0: (laughs) yeah um i think some evolution like some evolution is (laughs) really slow and like oh maybe this would be good we adopt this habit we adopt this habit and then sometimes you are thrown into the thick of it and like you to survive you figure it out like, one way or another, and sometimes, like, if we're talking trauma, right, um, sometimes you adapt maladaptively, like, that's essentially what PTSD is, is a a maladaptive coping is, that's what it is, it, it helps you survive, but, like, long term, it gets really uncomfortable, (laughs) Then then you have to deal with it, um, but without it, the survival wouldn't have happened, so it it, it is it's forced evolution.
1: Um, well, post post traumatic growth is yes. is a thing, right? It's <laughs> For sure, a thing. So it can help us evolve and grow, uh, if 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 one is willing to um do the work.
2: Yeah,
0: the thing yeah. I always like to remind people always just we have neuroplasticity. So wherever you are now it's not concrete like it can always change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 100%. you have you have choice in that so
1: 100 what was can i ask you a question yes always what was um through the pandemic what was the um what was the silver lining for you <laughs> Or or one of them
0: um I mean, on the one hand, it forced me into a new career path, um, because my job that was already incredibly overwhelming became so overwhelming I couldn't take it anymore. So I got to a point where I was like, "Well, it's a I continue my job or I let my job kill yeah. me," and I was like, "Yeah, that's not that doesn't yeah. sound pleasant." So I mm-hmm. finally made a change um so there's that I feel like I don't know just a different perspective on the world and it's it's a thing that like I never I never would have gotten certified as a life coach never even thought about becoming a life coach if I hadn't like there was this one conversation with a friend who was like Why do you letting this place kill you? You can do so much better. And I was just like, okay, I will figure out, like, I guess it's time for me to figure out what my calling is, like what my thing Mm -hmm. is. And then I started doing the research. And then I was like, I was like, well, I've worked 15 hours a day at work. So I obviously have the time and energy where I can put in a little extra time doing studies outside of work so that I can eventually Mm -hmm. get out of it and all sorts of things. So. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me was like, I don't know, finding my own footing and like kind of finding my authentic self and figuring out what I actually cared about. Because, I mean, I cared about the kids I coached. I cared about the people who I taught in fitness classes. I cared about my staff, like all of that but on a on a larger level i really found out that i cared about making the world a better place for people and found out that there are there's more than one way to do that as like that's sort of where my journey has been since is like how do i take all of my many 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 interests and skills hmm. and yeah. like actually serve people and i'll be completely honest with you i haven't i haven't narrowed it down i still teach fitness now i do a podcast still wrote a book still like still doing all of it but i Mm. like i section out in different different amount of time towards things because all of those things matter to me and
2: yeah
1: what's the um what's the if you were to like name the direction or the trajectory that all of those things are pointing you, um, you can you name that?
0: <clears throat> it's um, helping people find overall health, like health and wellness, mm-hmm. because it's the mental side of things, the physical side of things. yeah, um, Even like, starting to dabble in the spiritual side of things (laughs) so um great yeah and i think i mean that's where this whole thing was born from was i think the world needs more conversations like real conversations just about like what Mm -hmm. what actually makes people like what do people want to talk about so
2: i talk about it
1: yeah so cool
2: we don't do it very often, do we? We don't.
0: Like, there's so much These small days. talk in the world; it is nauseating. I had a Christmas party last night, so there's a lot of small talk, <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, "I'm just gonna sit here
2: and eat." I think that's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who this is quoting, but there was a quote that I heard a long time ago. Is I have no patience for the cocktail level of life. Yeah. <laughs> like that's great, love that.
0: Okay, so as you probably have, could tell, because when you said it, I made a face. Yeah, we're going. Um, I would like to know what is the definition of a highly sensitive person, and can you explain to me what that looks like, and where and where you we'll start there, and then like,
2: yeah.
1: Okay, sure. That's that. that do what we have about two hours, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, no, I, but I get it. It's like HSP. It is the acronym for highly sensitive person, and um, it's it's becoming more and more. People are becoming more familiar with it, but it's still
2: mm-hmm.
1: not very well known at all. But um, okay, yes, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do a different version of my explanation of it. I'm going to try I'm, I'm just kind of practicing something different yeah. but yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, the highly sensitive person it, the sensitivity it's actually the scientific uh, term for it is sensory processing sensitivity so okay. that's different than sensory processing disorders okay sensory processing sensitivity is basically that um, there's a part of the midbrain basically uh, that processes information um, uh, at, at a different level, right? Mm-hmm. At, um, we call it depth of processing, but it, it, it's like, it's not that it's deeper, like good or bad, better than somebody that's not a highly sensitive person, but there's a there, more details, more details, the data, the information that comes in, uh, stimulation that comes in to the brain gets processed in a more elaborate way, basically, um, 15 to 20% of the population, regardless of gender, or gender identity, fifteen to twenty percent of the population is highly sensitive. And not only Elaine Aaron, she's the person who uh, who started the research in the early '90s around this. Um, I did some work with her, uh, trained with her a couple of years ago. But um, she's found that fifteen to twenty percent of humans, regardless of gender identity, and then other researchers have found that uh, found the trait in over a hundred species. That's the last I heard. That was like two years ago that I looked at the research on that. But over hundred species. So what it states is that um, it's a trait. And, and it, when I say trait, it's the same as uh, the trait of um you have a certain pigment to your skin, mm-hmm. or you have blue eyes, or brown hair, or right? That those are yeah. traits. Uh, and it's not that much different than that. Um, so there's a depth of processing that happens for highly sensitive people that leads to um some things that are more culturally oriented um basically what i'll say about that is that our culture is not designed really for the more sensitive more gentle folks Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right um we're really designed. our culture has a um Uh, we need to we need to excel and we need to we need to be dynamic and we need to right and and highly sensitive people often about 80 percent of highly sensitive people are introverts so they have a tendency to um and there's a whole cultural uh definition of introvert that is a little less than accurate basically introversion is that i I consider myself an introvert that we actually need solo time to recharge Mm -hmm. extroverts need time connecting with others to recharge. It doesn't mean that highly sensitive people don't need connection because we're all inter interrelational beings. We're relational beings, yes. right? So we need that, but we just need it. We recharge in a different way. Um, what else would be helpful to hear about?
0: Um, so if you, not like, not really like an ideal person, but if you, what are some characteristics of Like if someone was just like, am I a highly sensitive person? Um, What are some characteristics that might, that someone might see in themselves or in other people that they'd be like? Yeah, they have,
1: great, great. They have a tendency to be, a tendency to be more introverted, as I said. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a tendency to be more um, emotionally astute or more emotionally aware. They've, Spent their life like the midbrain. So basically, when I was talking about the midbrain and its processing of information. It processes the simplest way to say it is that it basically processing through an emotional filter. Mm -hmm. So we emotionalize everything stimuli that comes into our right. We think about it in an emotional way, right? And so there's um, more emotional people throw around the term emotional intelligence. You can call it that if you want to, but uh, more emotionally astute, right? Uh, more connected with their uh, inner uh, uh, inner world, right? Than maybe an extrovert might be. Um, most highly sensitive people have a uh, a sensory in a maybe one or it may be all maybe five different um, ways that we take in like hearing or sight or smell mm-hmm. or whatever. Mine happens to be sound hearing. I'm super sensitive to uh, noise. Right, mm-hmm. and other other people have their different sensitivities. Um, typically, very creative, right? And I'm I'm saying creative in a very broad sense, mm-hmm. um, like creative artistically, yes, but also they have a tendency to um, be able to connect things that other people don't see,
2: right? Mm-hmm.
1: That's actually why they're uh, they make really good employees, right? And and corporate world is, uh, hasn't yet caught on to this, right? There, It's actually, there's some movement in this when we're looking at um, diversity and inclusion and equity in the work world. Yeah, People are starting to figure it out a little bit. Um, but they have an ability to uh, connect the dots, connect things that other people just don't see. And the way that they create them can be very creative or the way they connect them can be very creative.
0: It. So you say that, and I think about my seven-year-old, who is just like, I see him as a natural empath. Um,
2: uh-huh.
0: He he feels everybody's emotions, which, so we work on trying to set boundaries of like, hey, you don't have to feel everybody's feelings. <laughs>
2: That's right. Yep.
0: Um, but he's, I mean, he's very sensitive to like loud noises, right? So he, mm-hmm. um, if... But he's just, and he's seven, and he makes connections in the world where I'm like, how, how did you, how, huh? <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it, I think it's a phenomenal thing, um, and I think it's one of those things where like you mentioned, it's not really like our society isn't really built for highly sensitive people, Um, especially like American culture, where it is kind of like nose to the grindstone all the time. (laughs) Um, But I think there's
1: the truth. The truth is nobody does that. That's the truth of the matter.
0: It's like, (laughs) it's because. so one of my favorite quotes that I've seen is, um, it was I can't remember which book it was from. Oh, my goodness. Um, but it was a, about a, a book about productivity. And it was talking about how much rest your body needs. And have you read, um, come on, brain. <sighs> I'm not thinking of it. I have to
2: look at my, it's okay. yeah. is
0: up on my bookshelf. I can't see it. Where the answer, so the answer to life is 42, right? Uh Um, The Hitchhiker's Guide, there we go, got it.
2: Yeah, (laughs) way too long Mm -hmm. to
0: get there. (laughs) (laughs) Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So the answer to life, the universe, and everything is 42. Um, And then, spoiler alert, end of the book, you find out they don't remember what the question was. They like, they know the answer, but they don't know the question. Um, But then it's funny because it turns out that the amount of time your body needs to rest in order to function is 42% of the time. So you have to rest 42% of the time in order for your body to continue to function. And whether that's sleep or just like sitting down for meals or reading a book, like you have to rest 42% of the time or your body doesn't work. And this other book that I can't remember what it's called right now, um, which is, all about like how to be the most productive person in the world there's like a whole chapter on getting rest because it's required and it made me laugh so much because it goes on and on and on and then there's just like this one paragraph it's just like so what we're saying is you can rest 42 percent of the time but if you don't it will like your body will take that rest it will put you in a headlock Mm -hmm like shove its boot in your face because you will rest 42% of the time. Because if you don't give yourself rest, that's where illness comes in. Like I cannot tell you, like, no, I can tell you. Cause every time I get sick, every time it's when I'm burning myself out, when I'm burning both ends of the candle and I'm not giving myself rest. And then my body's like, yo, if you're not going to rest, we're going to give you a fever then you can't not rest <laughs> like that's how, because we have yep. to rebuild it's how it works so it made me it just made me giggle because the way it put it was just like you can either give yourself rest or your body will take rest from you but if like it's much more productive if you give yourself rest because if yeah. your body takes rest yeah. it's going to take a little bit longer for you to get that back um
2: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah so Mm self-care super important what is your favorite self-care like for you what is your favorite thing to do to take care of you uh
1: nature for sure 100 um that's well it's it's funny it's nature and meditation mindfulness practices those two um are very very high on the list and that's part of why i actually ended up with my place up in the mountain because it's my meditation retreat that is in nature so i get to have both of them uh connected but yeah for sure 100 being out being out and connecting um is it's, um, i can't can't beat it
0: nice do you have um
1: tennis tennis is up there too
0: okay so tennis is not my thing um what, what is the thing you like about tennis? Like what, what is the like, what brings you the most joy when you're playing tennis?
1: What brings me the most joy? Um, I, I love, there's a lot I like about it. There's so much I like about it. <laughs> um, you can
0: like rank them if you want to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really complex game right mm-hmm. and it's um it's like uh dexterity dexterity like having uh uh physical and you have to be pretty athletic uh there's a lot happening all of the time with your with your whole body but then mm-hmm. also your whole body uh in space and time in a particular way whether you're playing singles or doubles right uh on this little waff of <laughs> concrete that you're playing on and the angles and the I just love it all so much I played uh competitive ultimate frisbee uh a long time ago and that was another thing i love like the angles that you know, like throwing the frisbee and getting the angles and you know, all of that stuff you can do that with a tennis ball too and it's amazing it's amazing to have that experience the other thing though is um more of a more of my own psycho-emotional uh self-care is that in my life i you know my professional life and i don't get to be very competitive right there's not a lot of room for competition Mm-hmm. But when I'm playing tennis, I really let that. I really. It's like, I, I intentionally. I really do it intentionally. It's like that's my place to go and be full on intentional. I played doubles with uh, a woman left before I got injured in May, April, um, and I'm, I'm a pretty mild mannered person, right? It's like I, my, I don't yeah. raise my voice very often, and, and uh, but we're playing doubles, and it's like I'm on the baseline and she's playing net, and so from the baseline, you kind of have to um, communicate with your partner and like give instructions at times. Right? Yeah. And and it um, I'm so competitive. Like I really, really want to win. And so sometimes uh, I'll I'll like say something that's like instruction and it comes out and I'm like, oh my God, it sounds like I'm yelling at her. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean, to, I, I didn't mean to yell at, you. she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's that competitive drive inside of us. Um, I think it's yeah. funny too, cause I mean, you know, I ran youth sports for eight years and ran a program that was everybody plays, everybody wins, and yeah, I always thought it was funny, cause like there's always always dads come along and be like, "Well, you don't even know what competitive is, like you don't know." I'm like, okay, first of all, we're talking about like six year olds right now. We don't, you don't need to teach kids how to be competitive. We are all naturally competitive. Like when they need to be competitive, they'll be like, you, you don't Mm -hmm. have to put all of these other forces in of like, yeah, you're going to play for points and you're going to play a tournament and you're going to do this. You don't have to add all those things in for them to learn how to want to win. It's, it's a natural drive we have. Um, so they'd always get in arguments with me and they'd always accuse me of like, not knowing how to be competitive. And I'm like, play me in chess, play me in checkers, like play, play me in fucking Uno. (laughs) I'm competitive. (laughs) Like I'm not competitive right now because this is not the time and place. (laughs) But like, you see me when I play sports and there's like, um, yeah, there, there's, like, a little beast inside of me that when I get on the the court does not – I do not contain it well. Um, but I also think because I give people – I always give people on my team the speech of, like – because it was a hard lesson that I learned that, like, if you mess up, you have to let it go because wallowing over it or being mad over it is just going to make you play bad moving forward mm-hmm. and they're like yeah but it's really competitive and I'm like yeah but it's really not useful like it's like it's actually for a, second,
1: for a second for a very small second but then you have to move on yeah
0: yeah but like if you don't move on then it makes the rest of the game like it makes you play worse and mm-hmm. then so like I always think it's funny when people are like oh it's my competitive nature and I'm like right you can be competitive and not hold on to the anger from Missing a, a set or whatever it is because I play volleyball. So um, Like if you don't hold on to it, you can you can take that and actually improve your game like You just you don't have to be mad about everything all the time and it took I mean, I think I figured that out when I was like 28 so at that point i had been playing competitive sports for 20 years and it took me that long to realize that maybe if I uh, chill the fuck out, <laughs> um, I would play a little bit better. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because it's tennis is one of those sports. I don't know if you've ever watched it this way, but it is. There's actually, um, even though it's very competitive, there's actually a lot of collaboration, right? If you watch in tennis, I, I think it is in all sports, but Tennis is really obvious when you look at the patterns of play,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? You can see where they're collaborating and they're looking for an opening. Yeah, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Look for an opening to be aggressive, right? And, and there's lots of versions of, of aggressive, but um, that's that's I played, tried to play tennis when I, I when I was in high school. I played all sports, probably the same as you, um, and I tried tennis and I hated it. And then I didn't start playing again, and so I tried it again. And when I was thirty-five, maybe, and I was living down on the islands, and this guy came, and uh, I did uh, a lesson with him. And he had he wrote a book called Zenith, right? Teaching Zenith through collaboration.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It changed it changed everything for me. I fell in love with the sport.
2: So
0: I love what I love about that story is this concept that when you understand things differently or more or whatever, however you want to mm-hmm. say it, then things that once didn't interest you now interest you because you, so it's one of those things I always talk about. So I grew up playing softball, competitive, fast pitch softball. And so like, I can watch a baseball game. I can watch a softball game for hours. And there are people who are like, this is so boring. I'm like, right. But I like, I know the intricacies of the sport and so, every tiny movement that is made, like, I understand why it's happening. And so, it makes sense to me. My kid, he loves soccer. Soccer, not my game.
2: Right. <laughs> so, right, I go right. and I'm just
0: like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm like, hey. Oh, okay. I don't get it. So, like, soccer yeah. is boring to me because I don't, I don't understand it. But I think, yeah. um, like, when, so, it sounds to me that, like, when you figured out that, Tennis was more than just hitting a ball back and forth, right? Like all of the intricacies of the the collaboration and how you, because I feel like when I have a really good volleyball game, it's similar.
2: Mm-hmm. It is
0: everybody's doing bump set spike, and you're keeping the ball. You're keeping the volley going until you mm-hmm. see that opening because really good volleyball games, it's not just one person slamming the ball down every single time. Because that's not any fun for anybody. Um, but it is. It, there's movement on both teams that make the ending plays of, like, the the last hit of a play possible. And if not, um, yeah. I just, sorry, I'm just, like, taking that all in. Because yeah. I never contemplated that until you said it. And I'm just like, yeah, like, really really good fun volleyball games it's not just because you get like really good volleys but it is in those volleys it is those two teams working together to find their opening yeah
1: you're playing with each other yeah more often than you're playing against each other yeah 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 i think (laughs) i it's a whole nother that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go to but i've been applying that even more to just just different conversations, like political conversations, and right the ones that are edgy. You know, um, like really trying to uh, uh, hear other people's side as much as I possibly can. Like learn yeah. as much as I can to understand it, and then I can make my decision <laughs> based on based on a, a more of a thorough more a more thorough understanding of something.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of conversation too. Is because I'm, I'm a firm believer that, well, I say there's no such thing as truth, but like truth is the compilation of every individual's perception of the world. So like my truth is everything I've, the way I perceive the world based on all of my lived experience, and your truth is how you perceive the world based off of your lived experience, but mm-hmm. neither of those truths are really the world because they're both based off of perception so the truth is somewhere out in the middle right and you every time you have a conversation with somebody especially someone who sees the world differently than you you get closer to understanding that like ultimate authentic truth of the world but if you aren't willing to have those conversations if you're like I've had friends who were like, well, we don't agree, so we can't talk about it. And I'm like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, we don't I, agree, I and know. so we should talk about it.
1: Exactly. I <laughs> That came up a lot during the pandemic. Um, yeah. And just in my, in my sphere, it's like, holy cow, right? It's like, let's learn. Let's learn from this, not not separate because of it.
0: And I think, because I'm, I'm very moderate politically, and I have friends who are on both sides of things. And so many times yep. my biggest thing is like, I hear them arguing with each other and I sit in the middle. And I go, you guys are literally arguing for the same thing. You guys want the same outcome. And they're yeah. like, but I want it my way. And I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, but do you understand that you want the same thing? <laughs> Cause I think that's like, I feel like people get so, like, they get so lost in the weeds of their way or their perception that they forget that we, like, most people are working towards making the world a better place. Like, even, even some people who I would consider assholes, um they were trying to make the world a better place in the way that they perceive the world needs to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with it, but whatever. <laughs> um, but if we all realize that, that we're trying to get to the same outcome and that, you know, um, Oh, geez. What is, I already forgot the word. What is the word that you use in tennis? Collaboration, there we go.
1: Collaboration. Mm -hmm. Hmm. If
0: we collaborated and like did the back and forth of, okay, we are going to like, everybody's working together to find a solution to a problem. And then eventually somebody's like, boom, I got it. And like, yeah, sure. Then they can say our team got the point, whatever. But at the end of the day, a collaboration would have happened and something would have been solved. Whereas like, I feel like a lot of times where we're sitting is people are like making their various camps and refusing to leave their camp. I mean, even thinking about like civil war on Christmas when they were like, Hey, I know we're, I know we're at war against each other, but you guys want to play a game of baseball? Like, I guess, baseball back in the day, because they they were fighting for a cause but they like they weren't like hey i hate you as people it was you know well and a lot
1: lot of and a lot of people soldiers are fighting for someone else's cause right not even their own cause yeah
0: yeah and that's Mm -hmm. true still today Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. do you have anything you want to wrap up in that part of the conversation before we move on to our little game
1: no, just to just to bring that back full circle to the conversation we were having earlier about AI and so much information. It's like I hope like I hope that uh, AI, maybe it'll help us manage information more so that we have more time to actually um, and this is gonna sound a little bit harsh. I don't mean it that way, necessarily, but think for ourselves if people like could think for themselves rather than just jumping on the bandwagon of whatever that they hear in the news or social media or whatever. Um, Maybe, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic about that. Maybe we'll use uh, AI so that we have more time and space to think for ourselves.
0: Yeah, and I think like it, maybe it does sound harsh right, right off the top of the tongue, but it makes sense because I think a big part of why we don't like collectively think for ourselves is because we aren't given the time and space to do so we don't have the energy to do so because we are doing so many mundane tasks that we don't really have to do yeah. um that, yeah. that could be done sure. by a program somewhere
2: yeah yeah
0: okay so moving on to our games you want left or right
2: <laughs> uh left
0: okay your first question in conversations: What percentage of talking versus listening is about right?
1: Is about right uh, what I what I do or what what I should do? Both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a tendency. Well, I'm a therapist, so I have a tendency to probably listen seventy and and talk thirty, um, and uh, I would say, I'm not too far off, maybe. Uh, I say listen in 60, off 40. Do I get to ask you that? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not sure how the game works.
0: (laughs) However we want it to. You're gonna volley that back to me, is that what's gonna happen? Yeah, this is my tennis arm. Obviously, I'll be like, Okay. Um, I'll do, I'll
1: play t- I'll play tennis. You do volleyball.
0: Okay. Still a net <laughs> and a ball. You know, similar. Uh
1: huh. Exactly. Yep.
0: <laughs> um, I would. I'm gonna say that there's like a slider, and I, one. I think it always depends on what the conversation's about. Um, if someone needs a listening ear, then I would say pushing as far as like seventy would be really good in that situation, Um, but also because if someone needs a listening ear, they also need you to talk enough to confirm that you're actually listening (laughs) and not just like nodding along. Um, And then so I would say on a slider from 70-30 to 30-70 on the other side, depending on what the conversation is. um, I don't I don't think it is not to say possible. I think it's unlikely to have a 50/50 conversation. Um no matter how much you tried. But I think like just in like daily conversations, there's usually people who are more talkative and there's usually people who are a little more quiet. And there's a part of me, like my best friend, she is the quieter one. Um and I always feel really bad because I'm like I talk so much, and then I'm like it's your turn to talk, and she's just like,
1: no, nah. like,
2: right? Oh, she's totally okay, okay. with it. So like, yeah. like
0: so mm-hmm. she she's good
2: yeah,
0: yeah, because when she wants to talk, she does talk, but she is not nearly as boisterous and obnoxious as I am.
1: So yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, there's a whole lot of nuance to that, though, so, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, my first question. What nicknames have you had throughout your life, the good and the bad ones? Okay, so um, first nickname was when I was a baby was Tootsie Roll, because I rolled everywhere, Now was Chunky. Um, Then somewhere in elementary school was Shamu, because people can't pronounce my name, which is Chandra, and I was Chunky.
2: <laughs>
0: and then there was nobody, which was really fun in uh like fifth or sixth grade where nobody people just, just people just called me nobody and it was really fun one day in class because we were reading some excerpts in um in English class and the sentences said nobody multiple times and people were like, Ha ha look nobody likes this. <laughs> nobody likes that I was just like you guys aren't um at one point um my brother's friends called me Tatandringa because they couldn't pronounce Chandra so they decided to make my name harder to say and called me Tatandringa um so that was fun um at one point <laughs> in in high school so like Every girl on my softball team, besides me and one other person, their their name ended with, like, a Y or I-E sound, so, like, Katie, Shelly, things like that, and there was Chandra and Alisa, and we were both very do-not-fucking-mess-with-us kind of people, and they were like, we're gonna call you Shandy and Lisi," and we were like, we will kill you, and so they didn't, um, Let's see.
2: Not really any.
0: Yeah, (laughs) my name is hard to pronounce. Like, there's no nickname based off of my name, really. That's not a thing. Um, but yeah. Um, Almighty Ruler of the Universe was a fun one that my friends would call me in college because I would joke about being the Almighty Ruler of the Universe. So that's what they call me, and. Then more recently, I have a friend who calls me Valkyrie, which I love that nickname. It's fantastic. Valkyrie? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Um, <clears throat> and I had I went to a powerlifting meet in April, and the girl could not pronounce my name, so she called me Big Red instead. And I was like, okay, because I dyed my hair red, and so uh, she called me Big Red, and that was... That was cool. Other than that, I don't think this counts as a nickname, but mom. Um, that's that's what a lot of people call me. Or like there there was also the nickname of mixed Little Sister. I was known as that for like three years straight. It's my older brother's name. Mixed Little Sister.
1: Oh, Nick's Little Sister. Yeah, yeah. Got it.
0: Um and yeah, so now it's mom from my kids or to like any other kids is like Sebastian's mom or Baxter's mom. I'm like, that's my name. Yeah. On my birth certificate, it says Sebastian's mom. So (laughs) I think that's, I think that's all of them. No lies. Also in high school, my friend called me Xena, like Xena warrior princess.
1: Yeah. I like Xena.
0: (laughs) So it was like, it was, I would say a step down from Valkyrie just because Valkyrie is more my heritage. So like same vibe, same vibe. Yeah.
2: (laughs)
1: Do
0: you have any, any that are.
1: For you? Like nicknames for you?
0: No. Do you have any nicknames (laughs) that like stand out in your life?
1: You know, I haven't had that many. I used to hate being called Scotty when I was a kid. Um, I hated it. And then, uh, I was 30 and um, I was actually um, living on a little island in the, in the Bahamas. And uh, um, the, the Islanders, I don't think I knew hardly anyone's first name except for my godsons uh, and his families, but cause everybody had nicknames. And so everybody I was, I was playing ball with some of the guys, basketball with some of the guys one day and they were like, yeah, you're a white Scotty Pippin. You know Scotty Pippin. Yeah. <laughs> so so then I became Scotty, Scotty Pippin. So then I was like, oh yeah, I like Scotty. It was kind of like, um, uh, I I could be a little serious,
2: mm-hmm. and so
1: Scotty kind of lightened me up a little bit. So ever since then, actually, people that know me well, right, like in my personal life, they call me Scotty.
0: So I think this is what I felt when I. When I heard that, because you said you didn't like being called Scotty as a kid, which I mm. feel like that's a, it's sort of a way to like take the maturity out of your name, Scott to Scotty, yeah. Yeah. right? So like as a kid, you're like, I don't want to be called Scotty because you're be looking at me like, yeah. like a kid, but then yeah. you got the same nickname, but not because they were like, infilt- I can't say that word. <laughs> because you were younger and lesser or whatever, but as a connection to another adult person who has that name. So then like, it doesn't have the same connotation as it did when you were a kid. So it's not the name, but it's- I
1: mean, mean, to be compared to Scottie Pippen, I mean, come on.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay, your next question. Which famous person would you like to have dinner with and what would you talk about?
1: Great question. Um, There's a whole lot, there's many, but I'm actually gonna say uh, Alanis Morissette right now in this moment in my life, more set. she's also a HSP and she's a, you know, she's a, of course, she's an amazing musician and artist. And um, um, she's uh, coming out with a really strong voice in support of highly sensitive people and neurodiversities and all of that. So I would love, love, love to sit down and actually have a goal with my podcast that'll be uh, coming out pretty soon. My goal in the next, in the first 12 months is to have her as a guest on my podcast
2: okay
0: so you're gonna so you're going to take that that goal and you're gonna work towards it until you achieve that I like it
1: yeah but we're not gonna tell her that I had a crush on her forever
0: (laughs) I mean I feel like that would lighten up the conversation
1: yeah I mean yeah yeah it's an it was an innocent crush but a crush nonetheless
0: yeah that's fair
1: yeah um how about you
0: I think mine is always 100% John Stewart. I just want I just want to sit down and talk to John Stewart about anything because he's brilliant. I'm like, what do you want to talk about tonight, John? So if I could get anybody on my podcast, boom. So like, hey John, we you want to take a, a minute not do your podcast, I still do your podcast but also come talk on my podcast.
2: Yeah. Yeah. because
0: um, yeah. he's brilliant and funny and I also had a crush on him. So, <laughs> and I would tell him. I'd be like, you are at one of the most attractive Jews I've ever seen. I mostly because I don't like know like know a lot of people who are like, hey, I'm a Jew. Um, because <laughs> I live in Wyoming, and that's not like I do have a friend yeah. who is, but like, it's just not. I don't live in New York City. <laughs> so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Next question.
2: Okay. So
0: for me to start, if you. If you lost everything you owned today, all but three things, what would you keep and why? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> your sombrero. Where is your sombrero, by the way?
0: It is still at my other house. Um, okay. which we are like over Christmas break. We're finally getting everything else moved over here because um, I'm renovating it and then renting it out. So that's what I've been working on, um, but I took it off the wall yesterday, actually. <laughs> um, but the sombrero is behind me.
2: There
1: you go.
0: That's my shield. Your um, shield sombrero. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is way too hard. Um, I'm gonna start having a panic attack. What are my three things?
1: It's it's not real. It's not real. This is
0: hypothetical. I would say my water bottle because I go everywhere with it and it's this is my baby. Um um my phone because it gives me the most connection to the outside world, so it would give me the ability to talk to people, but also I can um, do all of my business stuff on my phone, even though it's much more obnoxious to do it on the phone. I have access if I need to. Um, and my, a copy of my book that I published. Those are the three things that I would take if that were, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do
1: you think of three? Uh, my tennis rackets. I love my tennis rackets. Um, I, it's actually, I had to think about this, um, that the fire last uh, last winter here was just less than a mile from my house. So I had to think about it. Um, my tennis racket, uh, of course, my technology stuff, because so much of my life is on that. And then I would just have one box of my memorabilia stuff, photos, and like I could, I, I would thought about it. It's like, I think I could get it into a box like yay big. Those are the three things. Yeah. If I okay. had a fourth, I would, I, if a fourth, I would do my book collection because I love my books.
2: See,
0: I took it as three things, like, like three of them. So you get three. So, I can't take my whole bookshelf. That thing is heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to fit all those books in.
2: <laughs>
0: it was so when I, when I moved into the new house, it took me two months to get my room set up. The first thing that was set up was my bookshelf. The second thing that was set up was my art wall. The third thing that got set up was my closet. So, it took me weeks. Before I put clothes away, <laughs> because it, it, it wasn't a priority. And then the fourth thing was my desk, which is still not all the way put together because I have been using my laptop a lot more than my desktop. So it's not yeah. been as necessary. So, yeah. <laughs> Priorities, right? Exactly. So Art, then clothes. Yep. Okay. Your last question What okay. is one emotion of yours? That you think you should express more or control better
1: express more or control better um it's always um it's always been the case for me um uh like joy and excitement like i want i want to express joy and excitement more always it's like it's always that thing it's like i want to express that more i have the internal experience of it but i want it to have an external uh Expression of it.
0: I like that. And I think that would be beneficial to the world as well because I think the more people who right. express it, the more open people will be to express it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to yeah. go similarly, but I'm not going to say sadness because it's not just sadness, but like just crying when I need to cry and like being okay with it. Mm. Um, no matter where I am because I still like I've gotten better at it but I'm still very much like if I'm in a public place I'm like I'm not crying in front of people I don't know (laughs) like I just want to be like that person who's just like people are like why are you crying like I don't know I'm having a rough day it's super cool like what's going on with you because that is the human experience like we all if I could if I could just emote when I feel the emotions instead of like holding them until I feel like I'm in an acceptable place to feel them. I feel like everything would process a lot better, and I would feel much more in tune with who I actually am. Mm-hmm. So, baby steps.
1: Yep. 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 Totally.
0: And last question: So, do you believe you... more? Yes. <laughs> do you believe more <laughs> in materialism or spirituality? Um, I
1: did mean, say I believe actually... more.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I didn't, I guess I wasn't aware that people believed in materialism. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I own things, I have stuff, I like my stuff, um, and I'm, I'm not, like, anybody's, like, prime example of spirituality, I'm not religious,
1: mm. I'm not,
0: like, super into, like, other spiritual things but i definitely um i mean if i had the option to wander off into the forest and be one with nature thats that's what i would do without like trying to be tracked down by the government or
1: um good luck with that somehow,
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah. um that's that's my plan is to instead of retiring um i'm gonna fake my death and wander into the forest <laughs> so my kids can collect on life insurance and I can go live in the mountains um, that's been my retirement plan 20
2: years so, okay. <laughs> um,
0: so the easy answer is spirituality um, yeah I would, I would rather be one with the nature and the world around me than all of the things that separate me from it
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep yeah. I'll say the same for me. Like uh spirituality is a big, big part of my experience and uh um I I can do without the physical stuff.
0: Yeah. Alrighty. Well, Scott, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. It has yeah. been a blast. Um, is there anything I know you are gonna have a podcast out soon. Um, you've got your coaching business up and running. Um, we'll have links to things in the show notes as always, but is there anything, there's one last thing you wanted the world to hear from you? What is it?
1: Um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm just glad you're doing what you're doing. I think this is a really, uh, a great thing to have conversations. It was a time. I was running a men's group years ago and um, I had this idea and we ended up doing it uh, over like four day uh, retreat, but people sharing their life story, like unlimited time to tell your love story. I mean, like how many people actually have to do that with their partners, let alone people right? that they know, like just friends. So anyway, what you're doing is really great and um, it's, it's an inspiration and thank you.
0: Well, thank you. All right. Well, that has been the Common Humanity Podcast, where we're here to have real human conversations. We'll see you guys next time.